Welcome to Real Deep Stuff. We've saved your seat at the table for this conversation. We're so glad you're here. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back to Real Deep Stuff. This is Christy and Michelle. Yay! We are back home. So I'm in North Carolina. You are not. <laughs> nope, I'm in Texas. <laughs> are doing this via phone, which is how we did it all the way through on the Camino. And um, we're just so excited to have like a reunion show, watching some survivor shows, or if anyone's seen any type of like reality TV, it's really cool when it's all over. And then they have like that reunion where they come back on and you hear like behind the scenes and what's happening now. So we just thought it would be a really fun thing to do to have like a recap show once the jet lag has worn off and <laughs> we're kind of back <laughs> in the grind. But like you were saying a minute ago offline, like we got to do this before all the details slip away because, you know, daily life gets, gets it front and center of our brains. So um, also it's so funny since we've been home, I keep dreaming that I'm still there. I wake up completely out of my mind confused. Like if I get up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night or just in the morning to get up, I can't think we stayed in so many places. It's like my mind has created this false room of a mashup of all of them. <laughs> I can't figure anything <laughs> out. <laughs> I was just like, what is happening? And I, I literally have to be like, okay, no, I'm back in America. Okay. This is, I'm back in my house. And I look up, I'm like, oh, I'm in my bedroom. Have you had that happen? Maybe the first couple nights when I was home you know I'd wake up at night and like okay where do I go but other than that no you must just be a deeper sleeper than me that or my mind never knows how to turn off as long as we can find the bathroom it's all good <laughs> every night was a different floor plan of where we stayed oh my goodness well we uh wanted to do two things today and we do have limited time so we want to get to it um First, we want to talk about our time in Portugal and how cool that was. And uh, that was our big surprise after, I think, the last day, nine of the Camino, we were like, stay tuned for where we go next. And so that's where we went. want to talk a little bit about that and then jump back to the Camino and just kind of get into some, some questions about self-reflection, about the Camino, all that it was and all that it was to us. So I guess if we jump in to Portugal, so if we leave Santiago, Spain, um, we took some fun transportation down to Portugal. You want to tell them about that? <laughs> we took the bus and, you know, I don't think I've ever ridden a bus anywhere before. So, you know, we got on the first bus, then they told us to get off and get on the other bus. And... Go get our luggage. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, I mean... It wasn't a bad ride. I mean, I guess we both might have slept a little, so yeah. Oh, we were catching flies. <laughs> There's <laughs> pictures to prove it. <laughs> At least of me, there is. <laughs> I was like, that's what I look like when I fall asleep in a vehicle. <laughs> I look dead. I look totally dead. <laughs> but this new bus hat, it was nicer. It had the little drop-down thing to put your feet up on, like a little footrest. That was cool. Yeah, it was much nicer than the first one we were on. So, yeah, 
and had a bathroom on board, which the first one didn't. And I found it just sadistically amusing to watch people try to figure out they needed to pay to unlock the door. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was funny watching <laughs> these women try to break into the bathroom before they realized that they needed to pay. It was, I don't know, slightly amusing. I think I was very sleep deprived at that moment. <laughs> but, but then I saw someone, they jumped in like before the door could close so they didn't have to pay. Yep, they, they beat the system on that 50 cents, man. Because <laughs> I think they were traveling together. So they were like tag team. But uh, what we found interesting was that there was absolutely no, um, no announcement or signs or anything that we'd reached to stop, right? Exactly. I mean, it's like, so if you're sleeping and you sleep through the stop and that was your stop, too bad. You are hosed. You are going to the next stop. It was fascinating because, like, the driver only jumped out to take like a smoke break and like barely gave people enough time to like, you know, hair on fire, run off the bus and get their stuff. It was the quickest bus stops ever. He would just, and all the bus stations to me from inside the bus looked the same. So it's like you pull in, you're stopped for about thirty seconds, <laughs> and then you pull out again. And we were like, you and I are like looking on Google Maps and stuff. We're like, where are we? Was this our stop? What is this? <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> And yes, people asleep like me. Oh my gosh, I would have, I don't know where I would have wound up. (laughs) I was kind of afraid to go to sleep after that. But um, that was, that was different. We've just never had it where there was zero communication in any way about what stop you were at. You just had to know what you were doing. And you know, we never been to Portugal, so, um, but no. anyway, we made it, no, no, but we made it, we made it to Porto, um, would you like to share first your thoughts on this city? I just absolutely loved Porto, there was, um, everyone was so friendly, um, it was, you know, it looks like a very, very large city, but, you know, everyone kept saying it's not, it's because of the hills, but I still think it's bigger than they think it is, but who knows? I agree with you. It was just like hills of buildings and homes, and it seemed to go past the horizon line. <laughs> you know, it, was, it looked big to me, too. And uh, what a charming old world city. Oh, my goodness. We just, you and I, we were just vibing with it big time. I found it to be quaint and friendly, um, English-friendly easy to navigate with, you know, your Apple or Google Maps. And the prices on everything were really good, too. Oh, it was very reasonable there. You know, you go buy a bottle of water and you can get like this huge bottle of water that's like 89 cents. You can't do that here. I paid in the Philadelphia airport, I paid $3.29 for a single little bottle of water. And there they were like, liters that ranged from like 33 cents to 89 cents it was insane and and it was mineral water too not like purified drinking water (laughs) so it was everything all the snacks we bought and everything was just I felt the prices were very good oh and the coffee you get a really good cup of coffee it was less than two dollars well you go to any coffee shop here for that same size they're going to charge you four or five coffee habit was right on cue <laughs> you did not have to <laughs> sacrifice which I was very happy for you <laughs> I think if I were to ask for decaf they'd be like what is that <laughs> so I didn't even bother well, I did try to get you decaf in one of the airports and they just look at me like no 
decaf is not coffee. (laughs) (laughs) I understand I'm subpar in the coffee category, but I'm glad you got your cafe con leche, whatever you wanted it. That was awesome. And we found out in Portugal that um, from one of our tour guides that they they uh, mandatory teach English from grades four to nine in addition to what other languages. So it's incredibly easy to communicate with everybody over there because they all know English, which was awesome. And you can tell because I that didn't start. I forgot what year that started. So if you see someone that's a lot, lot older, you can tell that wasn't the case with them because there was a language barrier. One of our tour guides talked about the history of Portugal and how education came in in a later point in the history and how, yes, the older generations didn't have that advantage of learning to read and write and all of that. So you're, you're perfectly right about that. I found Porto to be just an amazing community city. Don't you love how they all come out at night and they all gather at the bridge with or along the water with their wine and they all watch the sunset together. It's like everybody everywhere, wherever mm-hmm. they are in Porto, everybody stops to go see the sunset. And I just, I just felt like people are very chill. They like to have a good time. <laughs> they don't take life too seriously. Like it was a fun, fun city. And I did not get enough. <laughs> no, we did not have enough time because the one day we took the tour that was out of the city. So really we just had, I think our time combined, I don't even know if we had a real full day in Porto. So even finding the local laundromat (laughs) to do laundry. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Which was an escapade on my part because I'm machine challenged, but (laughs) it all got done. Not all of it got dry, but it all got clean. So anyway, yeah, that was, that was such a fun time. And Contrasting that to Lisbon, what would you say about Lisbon? Lisbon was, I mean, it still had beautiful buildings with all the tile and lots of history, but the vibe was totally different. It was just a hustling, bustling city. First thing I noticed is that, that you were quiet when we got, when we got out of the, the um, cause we took a train from Porto to Lisbon, we took high speed train. That was like the longest <laughs> train ride of my life. I think the bus was nicer than the train. Way nicer than the train. We just kind of sat there looking at our watches like how much longer. (laughs) Uh, I mean, we're not really sure. It was high speed. It didn't seem that way. But but yeah, we had a guy sitting across from us that was super sick. So we're trying not to breathe that air. And um, yeah, suitcases would fall down and if if we took a turn and overhead you just think oh my gosh I'm going to be decapitated on this thing and just everything it was just it was wasn't the nicest train ride ever been on but we got there and I noticed first off once we jumped into the taxi and then started heading toward the hotel that you were pretty quiet and I thought I wonder why she's quiet she's taking it all in and then it turns out you started asking me questions like so what do you think of this city and I was like oh I think we're thinking the same thing <laughs> <laughs> and and I mean Lisbon is just uh it's like the the big sister in Porto's like the little sister and it's like Lisbon was this big little New York City and just well, um yeah even when you ride, get that the train station that was just a little overwhelming <laughs> <laughs> and the process to get the taxi. I mean, we ask one guy, no, go to the other guy. 
And then we tried to avoid the one guy. So we went to someone behind him. No, go to that perk guy. Because I was breaking all the taxi rules and <laughs> I did not know taxi etiquette. And I understand why they want to do it their way. But I'm sorry. I just got total creepy vibes from this one driver. And I was like, I'm not. Wild horses couldn't get me in this cab. And he was the one we were supposed to get in because he was the first one to pull out. I get that. But yeah. So I just got kept getting yelled at when I kept going to other taxi. <laughs> and finally I just threw my stuff in one I'm like thanks we're gonna take this one <laughs> I think they were all mad at me at that point but get um, her but out. I did <laughs> get these women out of my life and um and then he got lost he didn't he never heard where we were going and I wound up having to give him my phone with directions and I'm like oh I don't want you to have my phone but anyway we we wound up getting there after a massive u-turn and I'm walk, watching the meter just tick up and up I'm like awesome but it's okay <laughs> but the uh, I found the town to be quite dirty and a lot of it like the sidewalks the streets all that you really want to watch kind of where you're stepping and it was very crowded with tourists like I think that's where like cruise ships come because they have these amazing points of interest like the big monastery and what is it called the the, the monument of discoveries and the Bellum Tower or Bellum I'm not sure how you pronounce it all these incredible things to see but that draws incredible amounts of people <laughs> and like <Yes>. just <laughs> hordes of people with lanyards following someone with a flag and, and <laughs> I you and I are looking at you like this is not Porto <laughs> 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 and nope. we did we did participate and saw those points of interest some we didn't choose to wait in the hour-long line for because we were happy to you know, see it from the outside um I would say Lisbon is really good for water activities if someone wants to take like a sunset cruise or a catamaran to go see a cave or something like that that's really great and I found it to be really easy to navigate once we got our bearings. So you and I at some point were like, have we gone down the same street twice yet? <laughs> but then after being there for like four days, it was a much longer time. We kind of had our landmarks and we're like, okay, I think we know where we're going. So um, I don't know. I'm mixed on Lisbon. I think if I had to pick one city of the two, it hand down, hands down would be Porto. How do you feel about that? Same. Yes, same. Yeah. Because there's That's even good. towns outside of Porto that I still want to see that looked very interesting. So, yeah. Yeah, we kind of got a sample of those with some of our, with a day tour that we took and the Tuk Tuk tour that we took. They kind of drove us a little bit on the outskirts and, and they were just, they were like the baby sisters <laughs> of Porto. <laughs> and yeah, it definitely left me wanting more. So I found Portugal to be a very cool place with deep interesting history the people are very nice um they love their country they're very I found them to be patriotic um I really enjoyed being there I felt very very safe very safe um oh yeah me too yeah. I, I I told Bart is like there's no not one time there that I felt unsafe you know there's certain times where I held my bag a little closer but pickpocketers you're going to have that anywhere so I think you and I just took the towns by storm and and I it's Portugal somewhere I've always wanted to go not sure why just it always sounded so interesting to me and uh, couldn't have asked for a better partner in crime to do that with and loved both and just want to go back I just want to go back and spend more time and exploring and we tried of some of their local foods we did yeah. still didn't do the octopus that just was <laughs> not on our menu it was never going to be <laughs> but those but you... pastel de natas mm -hmm. those were amazing the codfish cakes 
that was still interesting mashing up mashed potatoes and fish together I would have and then deep frying it I just never would have thought of that I told you I was like this is like a gourmet fish stick (laughs) (laughs) just need a ketchup maybe or something (laughs) lemon squeeze something like that they were very very good it's funny the first night we ate them you and I were like ravenous and we just like ate in one giant bite and then the second night we're like we're gonna go back and get more so we got two because they're kind of small and we were both like okay maybe two was too much yeah (laughs) we're like we're uh, gonna have these every night and then nope (laughs) because they were cheap it was a cheap dinner and and it was local we're like oh immersion and then I think we both I I have a low threshold for seafood and so I I enjoyed it I was but I was good after the the second one so (laughs) but um, yeah that the pastel de nanas you you just really liked those and I really liked their gelato I think they did that first class was really good. Yes, I liked both, so I had both every day. <laughs> and I have sometimes had gelato twice a day. <laughs> we we uh, walked it off. We were good. We because we walked everywhere, and we thought, oh gosh, once we leave the Camino, you know, our our rings on our watch are going to be yelling at us. But man, we we had no problem closing our rings, even in just no. walking around. And the my keeps talking to me since I've been back. <laughs> there's been a change in your trends right (laughs) I know I've been at home going well dang it how am I gonna make this keep up this pace I don't know and yeah it's funny so yeah we we could probably just talk forever about Portugal because it was such a beautiful country and uh cannot wait to go back highly highly recommend um with if we switch over um just out of respect for time if we switch over to the Camino, what would be uh, some packing things, uh, opinions on packing? Like what would, what did we think was necessary or unnecessary? I know for me that uh, at the last minute, I found this amazing memory foam neck pillow at Walmart. And I'm not (laughs) one to um, need a lot of extras on a plane, but I thought, oh, it's so squishy and soft. You can wash the cover. We're taking an overnight flight. I should bring that. Well, the 20 minutes I wore it on the overnight flight <laughs> and then I basically drug it all around Europe. Like it was the biggest waste I would. And then it took up because it's, you know, foam and fluffy. It took up this precious real estate in my suitcase. So that if I wasn't so cheap and could just throw $12 away, I would have just thrown it away. <laughs> but, but I drug that thing all over, you know, with every the whole Camino through Portugal. So I would definitely not bring any like plain extras. That was ridiculous. What's something you wouldn't bring? The uh, sleep liner that I bought. I did not (laughs) use that. (laughs) (laughs) I probably should have used it one of those times, but I didn't. (laughs) Okay. Well, in my defense, Having gone out, the, the way we, our family typically goes overseas, it, it's to very buggy places and, um, and, and very, uh, how shall I say, it's for service works. And you want to have a barrier between you and whatever might crawl in your bed that night. <laughs> so, so these like, basically it's a sleeping bag made of sheets and um, you put it under the covers and that way, you know, nothing's going to crawl on you but what we found we didn't know that Spain and Portugal that they're just not buggy at all no not like Spain had all those flies but I think that's because we were in the countryside yeah I'm sorry that was my wreck but that's because that's all I knew 
had no idea. Maybe next time I go to a new country, I'm going to Google search specifically how buggy it is. Because <laughs> I was delightfully surprised that I only saw like a couple of black ants in the country, in some flies. That's it. No mosquitoes, no, no, um, talk about those roaches, then nothing, nothing. Even in the, like Lisbon was a big city. I didn't see one bug like ever. It's almost weird. Like we didn't even see a squirrel on the Camino. So wildlife, big or small, <laughs> is not super there so okay so your sleeping thing um what else I brought too many I am known and my friends and family make fun of me for bringing too many preventive medicines um I am highly sensitive to a lot of stuff so I wanted to make sure I brought what I knew would work for me and I had just gotten over being uh, sick for a month from catching something from the guy behind me in church and I was, I was literally sick for a month and I don't ever get sick I hadn't been sick. I haven't even had COVID. Like I hadn't been sick in years and I had just gotten over that. And I was a little bit like paranoid. So I'm like, I'm bringing all my homeopathic stuff and wound up not even touching that. So I guess maybe next time I would take half of what I thought I needed for that. Yeah. Cause I still want to bring something, but I didn't need to bring all that. It was overkill. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else that you would not bring or definitely bring again? Um, I mean, I used most of my stuff. I mean, it took almost to the end to get rid of it, but still didn't prevent me from buying an extra piece of luggage to get everything home. But I was... Oh, you did. You had to bring... I forget that when we were in Philly and we had to get our luggage back because it was an international flight, I forgot that you had a whole second piece of luggage. (laughs) But... That's fine. <laughs> so next time I would definitely bring a mid-sized luggage and check it because yes. I think the process went well as long as you have a long enough connection. Um, but I would in my carry-on, you know, I would pack enough stuff to get me through like a day or two in the event the luggage got lost. Trying to be pseudo those backpackers through Europe and doing carry-on, you know, just to because we knew it'd be transferred over with the Camino like 10 times and then it'd be all on us in Portugal and we didn't want to lug around 50 pound suitcases. So we were really trying to pack tightly. But when we, before we even left the States and they checked my carry on, I was like, <laughs> oh, well, if you were going to check it, I could have brought a bigger one and not shoved and crammed and broken things to get them in there. So, I mean, we were gone three weeks, so that is not nothing. You had to bring a certain amount of stuff to get you that far. So, uh, yeah, we, we've talked about that, like bringing, you know, same you know, carry on and then like checking a, a medium bag would have been just less stressful. I have a picture of you in one of the albergues sitting on your suitcase with your feet <laughs> pinned to the wall trying to sit <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and that's before souvenir shopping. That's before any of that. But I was—I came out of the bathroom and turned the corner, and I just busted out laughing at you, bouncing up and down on the bed trying to get this thing to close. <laughs> that was awesome. So, so yeah, there's. I, I think uh, my amount of clothes was was good. Of course, with a medium sized suitcase, I could have put one more outfit in there to just just to get me not not having to use the local laundromat so much. I didn't mind using them, but it was like, what, like nine, $10 a, a time that we went. And then we had to go like four times because, you know, we were trying to not be divas and bring a different 
outfit for every day. But well, that, that one time we did have someone do our laundry for five euros. <laughs> Was that a bargain? Was that good? <laughs> I think they washed it in like lake water or something. We were on one of the Camino places and uh, we thought, golly, five euros is nothing to wash and dry. And it came back folded. No one ever folds my laundry. I don't fold my laundry. Like it, it came back so beautiful, but I pulled, I, I pulled out one of my shirts that was white and I showed you, I was like, what is all over this? I didn't roll in the mud when I wore this. Why is there brown all over this? And so I was like, oh, we got to go. So I just threw it in. And when we got to our next place, I filled the, the bathroom sink with water and I started like dunking it and the water just turned brown. And we were just like, what happened to our laundry? <laughs> and we wound up rewashing all of it in the self-serve laundromat there in Porto. Ugh. Ugh. I don't know what they did to it. They just ran it through the grass or something. I don't know, but um, not super worth it, but at the time, we were very grateful because <laughs> we are like, yay, we didn't have to do it. It was cheap. And there's a saying that I always say is not every sale is a bargain and there's a cost to everything. So that cheap load <laughs> <laughs> was gross. I used to use hand soap to wash it. And then it was, and then I remember telling you after I washed the shirt, I said, I think this shirt is the cleanest thing in our entire laundry between the two of us right now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so live and learn, live and learn, you know. But um, so that's that's good things for packing. The only other thing I was going to mention with packing was um, preloading digital things. Like you and I download, like, um, well, we tried hard to download Camino apps, but we also downloaded like books and podcasts and all these things that we would have that we, I thought I'd be using on the Camino, but I actually wound up using them more like on the bus ride or the train ride or the four hour layovers or something like that. So I think having all that when you're home and you can think about things and you're not like in the moment, um, you know, frazzled by everything, just having things ready does that self-soothing, like, you know, time fillers when you need them I think that that's a good thing to do before you have it like getting your international call plan all set up and all that stuff like doing the due diligence digitally I think really paid off for both of us and having a couple backup chargers is really good too very good because <laughs> there was some days we were like how in the world are we on like 20 percent you know and then the panic starts it's like oh no what if what if you know we need access to a phone um, and then one day my watch died. It The battery ran out. I don't think they've made like a super good portable one for that yet. Oh, but I, I have one. I just didn't bring it that day. <laughs> so, I was no help to you. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I think you, you had brought two chargers. Oh, we brought the um, the Go Girls, the little portable potty things. And yeah, um, didn't use it. <laughs> I remember the day because every day we, so we had our backpack and our carry on that the transfer service would take for us. But then we had like a day pack that we would just have like our bottle of water and our snacks and, you know, toilet paper. It's wherever we happened upon didn't have any, that kind of thing. And I remember the day that, well, we started like reevaluating every ounce that was in our day packs. Like how, cause you're carrying that all day on the inclines, the declines, the rocky steps. And we just wanted it to be lighter, lighter, lighter. And you were like, maybe I don't need two water bottles. <laughs> I'll bring one. <laughs> and I remember the day you told me, I was like, did you bring your go girl today? And you were like, I've resolved 
that I'm not going to use it. <laughs> I just started laughing because there's not a lot of privacy moments on the Camino because there's nope. always people around and you got to be okay with tucking back in a bush with possible poison ivy or whatever. And just the way you said it with such quiet, calm confidence, you're like, I've resolved, I'm not using it. <laughs> I was like, I don't think anything could change her mind. So we wound up, like, I kept my little one in there, never used it. But, uh, but yeah, everything, it was kind of like with a boat sinking, everything that could be thrown off <laughs> was thrown overboard. <laughs> We're like, no, we don't need this. We don't need that. And trying to get those packs lighter since, you know, we're the pack mule for the day. So yeah, it's good. It's good to really think about what you want. Even you were like, do I bring one charging block or two? Because they're kind of heavy. You know? They are. The yeah, one that yeah. charges my phone and the watch at the same time, that's the heaviest. And so then we started going, well, how many miles are we walking? Because like a six and a half mile, you know, is different than a 12 mile or an eight and a half mile. And we'd be like, oh, six and a half miles, we'll do that. We don't, we probably don't need the charger for that one or whatever, or one water but one water bottle and you kind of get super smart about that because you know you just don't want to carry it all everywhere it makes it's heavy so well then sometimes you have to pay you have to buy something to be able to use the restroom so with water being so cheap to buy that's usually the cheapest thing to buy because I was so paranoid (laughs) about not having water (laughs) that I was like must bring water must bring lots of water (laughs) and um, and then you were like you know we have to keep buying stuff every time I was like oh I hadn't not even put that together and then you and I were taking turns buying pastries so we could split them we even split like an ice cream bar one time (laughs) when we when we felt the cafe was a little sketch like do we want to eat from something that was made here so we bought a pre-wrap thing which was like a frozen bomb pop or something like a fudgesicle or something and um yeah they do make you pay to use the bathroom which is fair it's their water and toilet paper if if you're lucky enough to have it and pretty much we gave up on paper towels quickly and they just don't exist but if I owned one and I had you know hundreds and hundreds of people going through the day through it I I probably wouldn't replace the paper towels either (laughs) but um so now we'll move into um the thoughts that we had on the tours we took so you and I did a couple little splurges and we booked some tours ahead of time through a booking company and um and then took one very spontaneous one like literally let the guy talk us into it on the side of the road (laughs) I think that took like 20 minutes to talk us into oh my god he was working so hard and he was so nice and patient. And you and I, I think part of it was you had, you had so graciously like written out an itinerary for us to like do a walking tour on our own. And so we were kind of like, do we want to change all that up? And I think also you and I had kind of hit a point of we were out of decision making <laughs> strength. <laughs> like we were just like, could someone just walk up and tell us do it or don't do it? But he was selling it hard and he was so nice. And, and I'm glad that I'm in the end, I'm glad we did it. Are you glad we did it? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that was the Tuk Tuk tour in Lisbon. Um, Lisboa, if you live there, I think I said that right. Um, and yeah, we were just walking along and we were going to have to walk a very long way in the heat of the day with all the people across like railroad tracks and it's just not super scenic and this guy was sitting there with a tuk-tuk and he's like I could show you everything I give the best tours and 
something inside me just kind of was like, okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> you can drive me around on your three-wheeled moped, and I'm like, that's fine. <laughs> so he he did a good job. He took us to he took us to see all the sites. He did what he said he was going to do. But the other two we planned. Um, which one would you like to talk about first? Well, the first one we planned was in Porto, and that was the Tuk Tuk tour there. We did plan that one. And, you know, we discovered we may need to do a little fact check on some of the stuff he said. We're calling it the local perspective. (laughs) Yes. But, I mean, he was super nice and he didn't believe in breaks a lot. And breaking the duck duck, not stopping and resting. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, every time we went down a steep decline, he would say, no hand breaks, no foot breaks. (laughs) We were like, not funny. (laughs) (laughs) And on their ancient cobblestone paths, I think we got minor whiplash, but um, it was was fun. Well, the first guy, remember the first duck duck? guy came up and we're like is this him and he's looking at us we're looking at him and you know being two women by ourselves we're not going to give away information out of safety and so he's like are you here for tuck tuck and we're like maybe <laughs> are you here to pick someone up we, and he was like what's your name we're like well what's the you name you have <laughs> and now that we've been there it feels a little ridiculous but safety first and we make no apologies for that and so he, he's just like, he finally said your name. And we're like, okay, yes, that's, that's game's up. That's us. And he's like, I'm actually not your tour guide. It's my friend that's coming next. We're like, oh, okay. So the next guy came and that was the guy that gave us a local perspective on some things that maybe or, or maybe not were 100 historically accurate. But he was so nice. He really was. Um, I liked him. I thought he was fun. Oh, yeah. He gave a great tour. I mean, the, you know, then he took us to the other side of Porto. I've already forgotten what that's called over there, the other side of the river. They told us about the bridges. And he, I think he, what he was really good about was telling us about how the community vibe is there. Like, what's it like to live there? And I really appreciated that because we had a, a tour guide later on a different tour that gave us amazing history of all of it, which I thought was very um, all-inclusive. But I liked this guy. It was kind of like you were hanging out with a friend, you know, just kind of bombing mm-hmm. around that night, just kind of hanging out with a friend and very relaxed and nice. And I don't know, I found it to be quite enjoyable. And um, he's a 20-something, I think, like a late 20-something. And I felt like I kind of saw, it, saw Porto through his eyes. And I liked that. I didn't want to see it through mine as an American traveler. I wanted to see it through his, and I think that's what he did. Yeah, and um, and then we took the um, the big all day one on the suspension bridge. Ah, uh, that was my favorite. That was that day. Neither one of us knew it was going to last all day. <laughs> I thought it was going to be through like at two in the afternoon, then we'd have the rest of the day. But no, it lasted, but it was so worth it. There was, yes, it was, that was by far the best tour. Did you know we were going to do this? <laughs> You're like, <laughs> nope. <laughs> so what we thought we were getting was this suspension bridge where you have to drive an hour and a half outside of Porto 
and you walk across the world's second longest suspension bridge and then you have to walk back because if you go over you got to come back and then we would descend down eternally long staircases which are kind of famous and then we our ride would pick us up that's what I thought was going to happen that's really truly all and we get there and uh, he's talking about this day we're going to have and you and I are like huh <laughs> are we in the right van <laughs> but oh let's back up real quick because in the morning um we got we checked our app for the for the booking service and it said to meet at this one place and and <laughs> yeah. then so it, oh, at first it said it would pick us up at the hotel so we're like this is awesome but the whole time I'm going really how can they pick us up at the hotel at, at 8 a.m. sharp when they're telling everyone else that at other hotels how can you be all these places at once so the whole thing confused me but I was like it clearly says it's going to be here so you and I stood around for like 10 minutes and then you checked your email and they're like oh location change and we're like what (laughs) so disregard all other emails (laughs) and all of a sudden we're both like our stomachs just went in our throats we're like because it's this is the day where you have to be at certain points at certain times for reservations. So it's like, it's not like, you know, they're just rigid. It's like, you have to be where you have to be when you have to be there. So we look at this and we're like, okay, it's a 13 minute walk. All right. We still have time. So you and I just take off. We let Google guide us and we picked the the nearest landmark to the meeting spot, which is basically on a street. And the landmark took us in the opposite direction <laughs> of where we were supposed to go and we get there and said you've arrived and we're looking around like no we haven't <laughs> so we, we we recalculate and we're like are you kidding me we just ran uphill the equivalent of probably like five city blocks first thing in the morning and in the wrong direction after and, a full bro- full-blown uh, breakfast everything was sloshing in our guts <laughs> and so what do we do we start running back down and we're trying not to slip because they use uh limestone for their cobblestone over there on the sidewalks and it had the morning dew on it and made it slippery and you and I are like don't fall don't fall don't fall because now we're going downhill and we're running and we get basically back to where we started at this intersection and then we're like keep going and so at that point I sent a message to the guide and I said, you know, we're coming. We got a little lost. We're coming. And he called me and I remember just, I was frantic. I was out of breath. I knew other, the other tour people in our group were waiting on us. We don't like to be late for things. We were very flustered. And I remember out of breath and I was like, don't leave. Cause I didn't know if there'd be a language barrier and I didn't want to be like, Hey, if you don't mind, please wait for us. I'm like, too many words, too many words. <laughs> I was just like, don't leave, we're coming. <laughs> so we show up and we see the silver van and we're like, that's gotta be it. And we're just huffing and puffing. And um, graciously, they let us sit in the front for motion sickness reasons. And that helped to have the air shooting on me <laughs> to kind of like recalibrate everything. So thankful that he did not leave, but then we set off on this hour and a half. So we get to the bridge and I got in trouble twice, <laughs> which I don't ever get in trouble. I'm a rule follower, <laughs> but we're talking that the girl is explaining quite a bit. First, she does it all in Portuguese and then she does it all in English about how you're going to walk across the bridge. And in the meantime, I start hearing these 
cowbells. And at that point, we had so delightfully seen so many herds of cows, it wasn't a big shock. But you pointed over my shoulder. I'm going to totally blame you for this. <laughs> and I look over my shoulder and it's goats. And I'm like, oh, we haven't seen a herd of goats yet. <laughs> so my, my attention went totally. And I actually started taking pictures. And, and finally, she's like, uh, excuse me? <laughs> I was like, oh, sorry, I am listening. I'm multitasking. <laughs> I was like, I'm a good multitasker. So I got in trouble for not listening about the rules. And um, do you remember what some of the rules were that they said? Well, you couldn't lie down on the bridge. You, um, uh, what? yeah, you can't sit because they would send medical help. I think that was the basic rules. Things like no running or jumping. I think that kind of didn't need to be told to a group of adults. But, um, but liability, I know. Yeah, because it's a um, it's a metal bridge that's see through in the bottom. And she's like, we have people that get into distress out there because it is the world's second longest suspension bridge. And she's talking about how the cables are attached to the mountains and how thick the cables are. And two in our group that we didn't know um, at that point are afraid of heights and you know one of them is about in tears and I was like oh no <laughs> and, um, and so she said like they all have to wear red jackets they're kind of like the bay watch of suspension <laughs> bridges because they're all got the bright red like safety red jackets on and and uh, they're like yeah if you stop or sit down or lay down that that's going to be to us a sign that you're having an issue we're all gonna gonna come right out and save you and I was like oh that would be a spectacle if you weren't needing to be saved because you're just like she says you know some people sit down because they want to get like just the right angle for a picture she's like don't do that and I was like that would have probably been me so thank you for saying that but once I got in trouble for looking at the goats and distracting everyone else with them uh, yeah, we got to head across, and you and I are not afraid of heights, so we just loved every second of it. Yes, and then we took too long. We did take those the second time we got in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I was the lollygagger, the very fat, even the dude, the dad from Southern California that was there with his wife and twin 15-year-olds, he was not going to go. The wife kind of caught up to us and she was like, he's not doing it. And I was like, oh man. And the next thing you know, I see him pass me. And I was like, whoa, that's cool. <laughs> so I'm asking the woman, the girl in the red jacket, hey, can you take a selfie with me? And she's like, so nice about it. She's like, can we just kind of hurry up because everyone's waiting and I'm with, I'm responsible for the whole group. And I just took too long taking pictures. They're waterfalls and rivers. It was beautiful. Well, Sorry, I hadn't thought that. about it because everything's a timed entry. So I guess there were other groups. <laughs> there were. <laughs> so, so, we, so she's shuffling us off and she's like, you can, because I said, I want to get a picture with Michelle without like a lot of people on the bridge. If we can get that. She's like, can you do it on the way back? And I said, <laughs> okay. So we get it all the way across and, and our group of six is waiting for us. And they, they're all like, Hey, glad you could join us. <laughs> We're like, sorry. <laughs> so we let everyone else go back and uh, we were the last so we could get the shots that we wanted and it all worked out, but I, I felt a little high maintenance and bad about that. I just, I get a little carried in photography. I, I do, <laughs> I know, <laughs> but we got our pictures. So that was, I was just like, we may never be here in this moment in time ever again. We should just enjoy it. So uh, we did, but then, then we descended down the stairs and we thought, okay, you know, 
where's the van? And <laughs> no, it was a two hour river hike. Yes. I was not expecting that. It was glorious. It was beautiful. Do you remember what was on the other side of the river that got me all excited? Goats and dogs. First time we'd ever seen, I don't know if you call them a flock or a herd, I don't really know, of goats that were being shepherded by dogs, not people. And it was a German shepherd and then like a mixed medium-sized mutt dog. And yeah, they were herding the goats all by themselves. I guess the farmers trained them and to do the whole like daily route. It was the same goats that distracted me <laughs> in the beginning. <laughs> and that was fascinating. And we got to do this really cool river walk that we had no idea we were going to do. And, you know, not to boast or anything, but our group of eight came in 10 minutes faster than his other tour group. So, you know, there's that, but <laughs> we got very glad about that. It was a beautiful day. The wet, when we started out, remember the fog, you like couldn't see the hand in front of your face. And I thought, okay, not going to see much on the bridge <laughs> because you can't even see past the headlights. But I mean, the further out we got it just in the time went on because it was an hour and a half drive. I mean, like the sky just completely cleared up. You couldn't have asked for a better day. It was perfect. Absolutely perfect. Then he met us halfway. He's like, everybody okay? Does anyone want to ride the rest of the way? We're like, no, we're fine. Took a little potty break there and uh, got some cold water and kept walking and we all all eight of us were like did you know this was gonna be this <laughs> like nope <laughs> so it felt better that it wasn't just us that were pleasantly confused <laughs> like, like not real sure what's happening but I'm gonna go with it so we uh yeah we got to finish that and then we got to go to lunch that was our next stop Thanks again for listening to Real Deep Stuff. Follow us and subscribe to save your seat at the table for the next conversation. Also, check out our Facebook page to continue the conversation on today's topic. We'll see you there.